0: Hi, I'm Katie Bachman, Grave Director from Shore Christian Church. We're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy the sermon from the Jesus Speaks series. To watch more sermons like this, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Who who here um, serves on a regular basis at Shore Christian Church or the Jersey Shore Dream Center? If you just raise your hand right now. If you just stand up right now. This is Volunteer Servant Appreciation Month. And... Yeah, yeah, come on. Come on. You could you can give them a round of applause. That's the reason we have church this morning is because of these people. It's the reason why we're able to change lives is because of them. And uh, you you guys you guys may be seated. Thank you so much. And this is the last Sunday that we are ever going to say volunteer at church. Because you are not a volunteer. You are a life changer. You are not just a volunteer. You are changing lives by what you are doing week in and week out. Every single testimony that we have at Shore Christian Church of people that came in here so broken, and I was one of them once, and you were one of them once, it's because of you that they're able to find Jesus. So don't ever just say, I'm just a volunteer. You are a life changer. Let's hear it for our life changers one more time. And I'm going to move this more towards the center for all the OCD people that are going to be freaking out if we don't do that. Is that okay? Is that okay? All right. Um, Man, had an incredible, incredible week. Um, Was at a uh, men's boot camp uh, with a few guys from our church, and it was in upstate New York. And uh, if you guys remember, last year I preached on my paintball experience and how god-awful I was and the fact I made a mistake and wore a bright red uh, shirt and uh, shorts, and uh, was the, the, the best target for everybody. I was target practice, and uh, I'm not a gun person. I, I've never shot guns before, and so they ate me alive, but I want you to know that this year I ate them alive, and I freaking dominated paintball. Our team just destroyed. I just was just painting people up, just like Picasso on people, just, just top to bottom, and uh, had an amazing time uh, with, some, with some good friends, um, and, uh, I want to bring some other men to that next year. Uh, really a life-changing experience for a lot of people. And uh, um, also won the, uh, the football championship against uh, some, some 20-something-year-old kids. And I, I was riding home last night. Uh, anyone ever just, like, get charley horses in, like, your hamstrings and calves while you're driving? Like, that was me. It was horrible, horrible. But we won. So sometimes, you know, winning breeds some pain every, every now and again. Um, so I'm here. And uh, I have a word for you that uh, I'm going to title, Jesus Speaks Through Life Changers. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, this is a scripture we used last week. And uh, it says, Jesus called, he chose his team, his 12 disciples. And he didn't just choose them, but he equipped them. He empowered them. I love, man, Pastor diamond is stepping into something special Uh, isn't it amazing just to be able to watch someone grow every single week you are so anointed baby you are so equipped and God has called you the same way that he's called these 12 disciples and he's called every single one of you but he doesn't just call you I love the next few words it says and gave them authority he equips you. He gives you an anointing and to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness and to be able to do everything that Jesus did. He furnishes us. He equips us with that. And uh, then in Ephesians, um, I want to read a, a scripture to you that, that talks a lot about the, the practical organization of a church. And Paul's writing to a church, and he's trying to tell them how to run a church, how how to run an effective ministry, how to reach people, how to be able to not burn people out, how to be able to, to see the church of God run in an organized way. This is what he said. He breaks it down. So Christ himself gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. They are gifts that God has given But what is their job? What is their responsibility? Verse 12. To equip his people. You're his people. All right? Every one of you, you're his people. You're chosen. His people for works of service, for ministry, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach a unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining in the whole measure of his faithfulness of Christ. Jesus speaks through life changers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for uh, the worship, Lord God. We thank you that we are aware that you are in this house, that you have chosen us and you have equipped us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen amen yeah uh, so this was the the announcement day for the church um that uh we're going to be having an addition in 2019 three kids uh we can no longer play man-to-man defense we have to now go to a zone the one-two zone uh, because we are we will now be outnumbered and, and so uh with that with 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 growth Uh, comes new responsibility, right? We agree on that. And uh, so uh, Diamond can no longer do everything in the house. Diamond is a superhero. Diamond is like he woman in the house. I mean, she gets it done. It doesn't matter what the task is, baby. You get it done. It's amazing. But then, you know, Diamond started to realize that now we're having three kids. I can't do everything. We got to get these kids, talking about Judah and Lily, not me, uh, to, to start to step up, you know, to do things like, you know, uh, make their bed, do the laundry, iron clothes, cut the lawn, you know, like stuff like that, you know, just, you know, give mom, you know, foot massages, you know, th- things like that, simple tasks around the house. And so what Diamond did, she got a, a chart, and uh, um, this is our reward chart. And um, I wasn't there when this happened. I heard uh, through Diamond that uh, she she has this chart with with, with all the tasks that all the kids get to do. And if they do it with a good attitude, they get a star. And so this is very popular in our household. Now it's getting competitive. Uh, Isn't that exciting? Doing chores, getting competitive. Like, talk about manipulation on that one. Uh, But (laughs) you use whatever you can when you're a parent. And, And so Diamond goes to me. She says, when she showed the chore chart, Judah freaked out and said, this isn't fair. There's one more spot. Where's daddy's name? Because daddy leaves messes too, mommy. I mean, daddy leaves the, the bathroom floor soaking wet after showers. Daddy forgets to flush the toilet too. Daddy forgets to open up or, or lock the door before bed too. You know, so, so uh, it, it, now I'm on the chart. So uh, they, they added daddy, and uh, so far... Um, I have no stars. I have no stars. I did brush my teeth this morning, so that should recognize that. Um, did not make my bed. Did not pick up toys. Um, did not put dirty clothes. Or I, I, did, I did pray. I did pray. Do I hear an amen for your pastor? praying? Because you can't do everything. It's a, it's a team effort. Uh, there was this TV show I loved growing up uh, called Captain Planet. Anyone remember Captain Planet? He's my hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Right? I love Captain Planet. Uh, there he is, like, like the original green mullet. Awesome. Uh, not a good look. But uh, I love Captain Planet. And the premise behind Captain Planet is he's cleaning up pollution. And, and uh, you know, uh, he, he has these five people uh, that they are given rings to. And when the task gets too overwhelming for these the, these young people that have these these rings, they say to each other, let our powers unite. They kind of had an accent. That was my trying to do the accent. And they would take their rings and, and they would point them in the sky and it was like fire, wind, water, um, earth. And then one guy had heart. Like, I'm, I want, if, if I'm uh, going to be one of those guys, I want fire. Like, you could have heart. But uh, they, their powers would unite, and then Captain Planet would show up, and he'd save the day. He'd clean up all the pollution, the oil spills, you know, all the, the, the recycling trash can that fell in somebody's yard, and he would clean it up. And then at the end, he would look at the television screen, and he would say to them these words. He would say to them, Bruce, the power is yours to clean up this planet. And I remember being a kid, and I'd run around, and I'd pretend like I was one of the, the, the young planeteers, and I had my ring, and, I, and, I, and I'd look up, and, I, and I'd be like, come on, Captain Planet. Come. You're my hero. Clean up this house for me. Clean my room for me. Take out the trash for me. My mom would look at me and be like, Isaac, the power is yours, son. The power is yours. Where am I going with this? Oh, it's going to be good. And and that analogy, okay, the reason I use that is because we in the church, we always call on Captain Planet to do things that God has called us to do. A lot of times, you know, we we have this transformative power that we have been given. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, it it, it says this. uh, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not from yourself. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no man can boast. You have been given a free gift of grace. And then verse 10, I love it. Uh, It always comes grace and then works. Remember that. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works in which he prepared for us. Ahead of time. And a lot of times we, we're seeing the first part, we're seeing the grace, but a lot of times we're not seeing any action. We're not seeing our lives transformed. We're not seeing our churches transformed. We're not seeing things at, at work transformed. We, we get a, a, a moment where we, we say, God, I want you to forgive me. I, man, church was awesome this morning. I felt closer to God than I ever have before. Uh, but then you go home the same way. And this is one of the reasons why I think that is the case. Because we, we, we throw up our rings and we say, God, send me Captain Planet to clean up my universe. And And a lot of times, God looks back at you and says, the power is yours. One of the main reasons we see this is because we are expecting God to do it through one person. We look at the pastor and and say, Pastor, you do it. You have the anointing. But God never just called the pastor. God calls the people to do the work of the ministry. And so often we say, all right, the pastor has it. The pastor has to be the one to lay hands on the sick. The pastor has to be the one to to go out and talk to my, my teenagers that are struggling. It has to come from the pastor. And God's response to that is, no, 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 no. You have the same anointing. You have the same power within you that I have equipped you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I have equipped you to be my vessel to bring forth wholeness in the earth. We is greater than me the spirit of the living God can operate through you just as much as it operates through me and the elders and the leadership of this church you don't need an ordination certificate to tell you that you are anointed I'm telling you right now, we're having an ordination service this morning in the, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are anointed to do the work of the ministry. You are anointed to heal. You are anointed to be able to lift people up out of their pit. You are anointed by God to do the works of the church. The vision of our church and what we want to do is we want to be a church that empowers you. To find your purpose. Here it is up here. Ignite passion within you and unleash, what is that? Find purpose, ignite passion, and unleash potential. That's what we want to be able to do at this church. We want to empower you. Empowerment is the authority or power given to someone. The process of becoming stronger or more confident, especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's own rights. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. put Put it back out there. I want you to see it one more time. It says, to equip his people for the works of service. That's my job. That's my job is to equip you. I can't tell you how many times, as a pastor, um, and and this happened with my father, and and it's happened from time to time with me. Uh, We'll get an office or a call in our office, and somebody will be will be uh, uh, sick in the hospital, and um, they'll call, and and uh, you know I I I didn't wouldn't wouldn't know who they are, Um, don't know everybody in this church, and and they'll they'll want the pastor to come pray for them, and we'll get back to them and say. uh, um, I appreciate that, uh, but we have a team. We have a healing team, people that have been trained, people that are anointed. They know the scriptures, and uh, uh, we're going to send uh, someone else to come pray for you. No, I want the pastor. I'm, I'm not coming to a church unless the pastor comes and visits me in the hospital. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm Kobe. Like, I'm LeBron James. Like, I'm the only one that, that has, has, a, has a, an anointing from God to be able to pray for people. And, and, and I, I do the best that I can. But you know what? The best that I can is not good enough. As this church is growing, I cannot visit every single person in the hospital. I cannot do every single house visit when you are going through a crisis. That's why you need to understand your anointing and your role in God's plan because we are better together. When we could be able to have people rise up with a spirit of empowerment, not a spirit of entitlement, then we could begin to see the church of God become who it's caused to become. But this is, I mean, unfortunately, this is kind of tradition, right? This is the tradition that we have learned. Going to church, the pastor is the one that does these things. But if you read the Bible, it doesn't say that. Don't say that. Say, turn, turn to someone next to you and say, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It, it says that I'm anointed. It says that, that I'm called. The first church, God said everybody here has a role. Everybody here has a purpose. And to be honest, if, if everybody is looking to me to be able to, to be the ball hog, to be the one that that preaches sermons, that inspires people, to raises people up, but it never empowers you to do anything with it, I quit. Like, that is such a meaningless, lifeless church, to have a pastor who preaches good sermons. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Great sermons... And you, you feel so close to God, but you don't do anything with it. It never empowers you to find your purpose. It never ignites passion in you, and it never unleashes the kingdom potential within you. If that's the case, then I quit. Like, seriously. But if, if I could take this microphone right here and my Bible, and I could preach Jesus to you, to be able to you get an understanding of who you are in Christ and empower you to begin your ministry and begin unleashing your potential that God has placed inside of you. Then we can begin to see the glory of God cover the Jersey Shore like the waters cover the sea. Then we can begin to see God do miracles through you. He wants to do miracles through you. He wants to heal through you, not just through the pastor, I got to know my role. And somebody asked me uh, one time, Pastor, um, uh, can, can you, my, my teenager's really struggling with drugs. Can you, I know, I know that if you come and talk to them, that you could do something. You know what, maybe I could. Sometimes I'm pretty good with words. I know the scriptures. But you know what, so, so do you. You have that same anointing within you. You have that same ability within you. And we need to see the church of God, the people of God, begin to step into their calling and begin to do the works of the ministry. Matthew chapter 10 said, he chose them and he anointed them. People ask me sometimes, you know, do you, do you feel a lot of pressure being a young, young pastor? And um, I, I do. I mean, I really do sometimes, and, and I, I try to get an understanding of why I feel so much pressure. And I, I look back at when, we, uh, um, when I first became the lead pastor. We had uh, about 100 people in the church, and uh, um, we, we, we pr- I think we doubled within the first year something like that. And I, I thought I had to do everything. I thought I had to be the one that had to meet every single person. I had to be the one to build relationships with every single new guest that came in here. And, and when I began to try and do that, I can't tell you the pressure that I felt. Having to be the one to have to do all of that. Having to be the one to have to take every single new person out to lunch. Having to be the one that had to pray for everybody. Had to be the one that had to be on call at all times. I cannot even describe to you the pressure that I was under. And then I cannot describe to you the relief and and the God-given peace that I felt when I started to understand that that is not the pastor's role in a church. That that when, when I get that understanding that my calling is to empower you to do the works of the ministry to be able to to greet people at the door, to be able to pray for people in church, to be able to go out on the streets and serve with the Dream Center, to be able to do the works of the ministry. I cannot tell you how freeing that is for me as a pastor to have an understanding that I have a role to play and you have a role to play. And when we can embrace that role, we can begin to be the church that Jesus Christ died for, rose again for, and is coming back for one Day, but he's not gonna come back for that church if people don't understand that it is a team effort, and it's not just the pastor that raises the ring and and is Captain Planet, but the power is yours. I love people, I do. I love people. That's that's, sometimes that's my a blessing, and and, and sometimes it's a struggle because I love people so much, but I can only have certain types of relationships with so many people. I, I can only visit so many people I, I could only talk on the phone to so many people I love people so much but I refuse to be a ball hog I, I refuse to be the one that that, that says I, I I got this I could do because I, the truth is I can't and you know what I shouldn't be the only one to have fun because you know what doing everything that Jesus did is fun It is amazing to be able to walk in forgiveness. It's amazing to be able to pray for somebody and see results take place in their life. It's amazing to be able to come beside somebody who's been blindsided in life and be able to walk them through the valley of the shadow of death in their life. There is no greater feeling than doing that, and I want to share that with you. Share that with you. I I wrote this down, and, and I don't want it... At all to sound arrogant, that's not what I, what I want it to sound, but just just hear, hear this, because I believe the Holy Spirit's in this. Pastors are God's gift to the church. And the church is God's gift to the world. Let me say that again, people that didn't, you know, people looking down, looking at their cell phones. Pastors are God's gift to the church. And the church is God's gift to the world. I am placed here on purpose, guided by passion, full of potential to be able to empower you to find your purpose and your calling on the earth. And you you saw people raising their hands, volunteers, appreciate that. But they're not volunteers, they're life changers. I cannot even describe to you how miserable your experience coming to church would be if I was the only one serving you would have a miserable time at this church because I am terrible with children I mean my children I'm great with I I love my children I do not love your children I'm not great I do not call me to babysit you know that's not my thing but but for some people How awesome you know you love children you love to 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 be able to build children up and tell children about Jesus and tell those those bedtime stories and do those weird noises with kids you're awesome at that and I am so thankful that we get to empower you at this church to walk out your mission and your ministry to serve and build children in this church I am so thankful that we get to empower people at this church who have a heart for the poor, to have a heart to serve the needy, people that are hungry, people who have been disenfranchised. I am so thankful that we get to empower you to find your calling, to be able to serve on our food truck, to be able to serve at the Dream Center, and be able to help hurting people in Asbury Park and the Jersey Shore. I'm so proud of that so proud of the fact that we get to teach people the scriptures so you have an understanding that you can lay hands on people, you can pray for people in the same way the Apostle Paul and Peter and John did in the book of Acts. You can have that same. I'm so thankful that at this church we can empower people to find their ministry. We don't want to recruit recruit you for our ministry. We want to empower you to find yours. And don't ever make it, if, if you think that this is just a sermon to, to get us to do the the, the, the work that, that we don't want to do, then you, you just get up and leave right now. Uh, <laughs> and we'll boo you. No, 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 we won't do that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But that is never the intention. That is never the intention to, and, and if you're serving and you're only doing it because you think you have to, just quit now. Start getting in the word, start getting counseling, <laughs> but it's not about that, but to be honest, I, I, I've gone through seasons where I felt like I've had to, and man, the pressure that you feel under when you feel like you have to serve, and, and suddenly your attitude can't, changes, and suddenly you become sarcastic about everything, and suddenly you find faults in every little thing, it's because you have an I have to mentality. But when you begin to have a, I get to, I, I preached a sermon years back called, I get to serve. And, and how, how fulfilling it is to be able to get to serve in the kingdom of God, to be able to get to serve people. That you never feel closer to God than when you're serving others because you are created in God's image. And the son of man did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And so when you begin to serve, you begin to draw closer to God. We get to serve at this church. When you serve, you find your calling. When you serve, you find your ministry. When you serve, you find giftings within you that you never knew that you had. I remember the first time I ever preached, I never thought in a million years I had this gifting within me, but our church had a need. And I said, yeah, even though I don't feel gifted to fill that need, I'm going to step up because I'm the only one that's willing. And I stepped up and realized that there was a gift within me to fill the need that was available. So even if you don't feel lined up with your giftings and the need at this church or the need at the dream center or the need at your school or the need in your community you say God I'm going to step up and I believe that you are going to put that gift within me because there is a need out there and I am available to fill it this guy hey, Bruce what's up Bruce I-, I was talking with Bruce how you doing I'm going stand up now. I'm just kidding you don't have to I was you know, talking with Bruce and, and we, we, we're, we're, we did a little video with Bruce and uh, he was baptized this year and Just started coming to church uh, this church uh, this year, and I asked, like, what was it? What was it that transformed you so much? And this is what he said: Serve twenty four. He said, I I can't. I've been to church my whole life, but I never experienced Jesus like I did giving out free hugs on Cookman Avenue. I never experienced Jesus more than when I was at razzle-dazzle laundromat, folding clothes for people, doing laundry for people, being able to see smiles from people that were getting blessed. I never felt closer to Jesus when I found my passion and began to serve. We want to empower you to find your purpose. There's six 128,000 people in Monmouth County, most of them are far from God. And I believe God has given me a gift to be able to communicate the gospel to people in a practical way who are far from God. And they're able to find a relationship with Jesus in this church. I'm starting to get an understanding, the older you get, the more of an understanding you you receive of what your, your calling is. And that's what I'm called to do. And guess what? You you have a calling too. It may not be with a microphone in your hand. But I cannot preach the gospel without you. Without you finding your ministry, without you finding your calling. If it's just about the man with the microphone, this church is gonna shrink so fast. But if it becomes about, you know what, we is better than me. And God, where is my ministry? Where is my calling? Maybe it's not even at this church. Maybe it's at a community center. Uh, uh, Maybe it's at the Boys and Girls Club. Maybe it's at the Jersey Shore Dream Center. Wherever it is, find your ministry and serve there with all of your heart, with all of your passion, with all of your giftings. You will draw closer to the Lord than you ever have before. And I have uh, three very quick points, okay? Can I give them, it's going to be like eight minutes. Say, Pastor, you take all the time you want. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Number one, empowerment breaks entitlement. That when you are empowered, you cannot have a spirit of entitlement. A spirit of entitlement means, I, 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 I get this, I want this, this is mine, I deserve this. And sometimes people walk into church with a spirit of entitlement. That that I want you to do this for me. I want you to serve me. But you know what? Coming to church is not about what people can do for you, what people can give to you. It's about what you can give to God. That's the whole reason we come to church. We give God our worship. We give God uh, uh, our first fruits. We, we give God our, our enthusiasm. We give God our, our precious time. Uh, we're giving to God. And when you are empowered, it breaks the spirit of entitlement in your life. Empowerment is what changes nations. Empowerment is what changes bad communities. Empowerment is what restores families. And empowerment is what builds great churches. It's when you understand you are empowered, not entitled. You are entitled to the grace of God through your faith in Jesus. But you know what? Everything else, I'm empowered to do. Number two, empowerment breeds enthusiasm. Empowerment breeds enthusiasm. Your enthusiasm can come from where God has empowered you, can literally change an entire culture. I want to read a story, and worship team, you guys could come up, uh, it's one of my favorite stories. I, I read in this book by an author by the name of John Orthberg. And uh, it's about a, a guy who works at a grocery store. Uh, his name is John. And uh, one day he went to a training event led by a speaker named Barbara Glanz. And she was talking to 3,000 frontline workers for the supermarket truck drivers, cashiers, stocking people at stock shelves. And Barbara was speaking on how people can make a difference. She described how every interaction with another person is a chance to create a memory, to bless someone's life. She talked about how important it is to look for those moments. And on the wall, she had inspirational posters and sayings. And she told some stories and then went home. But she left her phone number behind and told anyone that felt moved by this conference to give her a call and see how she could help. About a month later, Barbara received a telephone call from one of the people at the session, a 19-year-old bagger named John. Uh, John proudly informed her that he had Down syndrome, and then he began to tell her his story. And uh, he said, I quote, Barbara, I liked what you talked about. It's a true story. But I didn't think I could do anything special for the customers. After all, I'm just a bagger. And then he had an idea. He decided that every night when he came home from work, he would find a thought of the day, and he would give it to his next shift. He, it would be something positive, some reminder of how good it was to be alive, how much people matter, how many gifts we are surrounded by. And every night, John and his dad, uh, they would put together these, these sayings, and they would print it six times on a piece of paper, print out 50 pages, uh, make copies of them, and cut them up. And then the next day, every single time someone went through the grocery store line, uh, he would put one of the little sayings in the bag and say, I, I just want you to know I put my positive thought." in your bag, thank you so much for coming here. I hope you have a great day. A month later, the store manager called Barbara and said, Barbara, you won't believe what's happening here. I was making my rounds, and when I got to the cashier lines in Johnny's checkout, there, it was three times longer than anyone else's line. It went all the way down the frozen food section. The manager got on the loudspeaker to get more checkout lines open, but he couldn't get any of the customers to move. One said, that's okay. Well, wait, we want to be in John's line. One woman caught up with him and grabbed his hand and and said, I used to shop at another store somewhere else. Now I come here every single week, sometimes once a day, just for Johnny's thought of the day. Because he's doing more than just filling grocery bags. He's filling lives with hope. And there's a reason why his line is so much longer than everybody else's. Because our stomachs don't just need to be fed. Our souls need to be fed as well. And then something amazing took place. A few months later, the manager called Barbara once again, and the manager told her that Johnny was transforming the entire store. He told her that the floral department now takes its broken flowers that they used to throw it away, and now they go into the aisles, find elderly women or a little girl, and pin it on them. The butchers... (laughs) praise God for the butchers, started putting ribbons on cuts of meat that they wrapped up for the customers. People who who made their shopping carts are now um, actually fixing the ones where the wheels are broken. The customers are doing that. All the people in the grocery store are blessed through Johnny. If it could happen at a grocery store, it should be able to happen at church. That just the little things that everybody does to bring hope to everyone that comes in here on a Sunday morning. Every single person who greets at the door, every single person who serves in in our kids' church, every single person who sets up in the morning, every single person who isn't even working here this morning, and yet you are getting to know people. You're getting to know the people in your row. You're introducing yourself to them. You're 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 saying, you know what, let me take you out to breakfast sometime. You're building relationships in here. That's not just the pastor's job, that's everybody's job. We are a church. That is not a noun, I believe. That is a verb. A church is not a place, a church is not a person, a church is an action that God has called everyone to be a part of. Number three, finally, empowerment brings energy. I'm a very light sleeper. Anyone really light sleeper? Need a sound machine? I need a sound machine. I had to sleep with eight men uh, this past week in bunk beds. And so I brought earplugs. I got like the heavy-duty ones from Rite Day, but I forgot my sound machines, but I brought earplugs. And, and I was on the top bunk, got there a little late. I was on the top bunk. Uh, guy in the bottom bunk, I, I thought maybe he, would, he was a snore, wasn't a snore. Had a gas problem. I bought the wrong plugs. I should have brought nose plugs. <laughs> this is why I don't do men's retreats. <laughs> and, and so uh, every once in a while, because I, I got to have a sound machine when I sleep. And uh, I I come in my my bed, and and Diamond goes to bed before me a lot of times. And I I walk in the dark. I'm like hitting my kneecap on like dressers and stuff. And I finally get in bed, and I realize, sound machine's not plugged in. And I'm like, oh my gosh! Now I got to turn all the lights on. Diamond's yelling at me, "What are you doing?" I'm like, I got to plug in the sound machine. I just have to now. And and you know, you know what's interesting though? I didn't go check the, the breaker switch. I didn't call the power company. My cell machine's off. What's wrong with you guys, JCP and L? I pay you guys enough money because I knew I paid my bill. Didn't try and do that. What I had to do was I had to take the, the thing, plug it into the socket, and then suddenly something began to happen. It wasn't a power problem. It was a plug problem. Plug problem. See, some of you your power's your problem's not a power problem it's a plug problem you're not plugged in when you get plugged in then God can begin to pour his power and his passion through you but he can't do it unless you get plugged in and I just, just walk in here, I saw something on the stage. I saw, I saw there was this, this uh, guitar pick doing nobody any good on the floor, by itself. Right? I told Tony, I said, make sure nobody touches that. I'm going to use it for an illustration. And then Anthony Magaro tried to grab it. I smacked him right upside the head. I said, what's the matter with you, Tony? Leave that there. <laughs> but when you put it in, Jesse's hands. Come on. I don't know what that, that is, but it sounded awesome. It sounded, it sounded awesome. And this is nothing, little piece of plastic. Say, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's where I was. I was on the ground, trampled on, worth nothing but in God's hands. When you put yourself in the right hands and you get plugged in, God could bring a sweet noise through your life that could bring hope to this world. Get plugged in. What I want you to do now, we're we're just going to take a a, a little time. We're going to sing a a worship song. Um, If if this message spoke to you and you're looking for a place to get plugged in, have an opportunity for you to, to sign up to serve at this church you weren't in feel convicted about this sermon or maybe there's another place that you want to get plugged in at pray about it i don't want this to to be a moment where you feel under conviction oh i got to do this no 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 no. it, it needs to come from I, I want to spirit and we have some people who are running ministries they're going to be up there um, in, in during uh, in between services you guys could go up there now and if you want to get plugged in at this church if you want to get plugged in serving with the dream center Maybe it's just once a month. Maybe it's just every other week. But I believe that God is going to bring an explosion to this church. That, that both services are going to be filled very, very quickly. And we, we need more people to be able to get plugged in so that we can make sure that every single person in this church has people to pray for them, has a life group to go to, has relationships that they could find. And it can't just come from one person. The power is yours. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon from our Jesus Speaks series. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can get instant updates on when we are posting new sermons. And also, if you want to contribute to this ministry financially so that we can get these sermons out more into more people, uh, you can do so at our website, shorechristian.org. Thank you.